The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. The conversation continues with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The conversation certainly does um, continue. And my question for today, um, we've got other things to talk about, but my question for today is, should we be adding the chickenpox vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule for all children in the UK? Given that the JCVI, um, that's the Joint um, Committee on uh, J. Joint Committee on Vaccinations and Immunisation has now recommended it. That is the big question for today. So, hello and welcome to the Freeman Report. My name is James Freeman. I'm a former member of the European Parliament. And this is my weekday show where I break down the big issues of our time in our fight for freedom and liberty. Right here on today's News Talk TNT Radio. It is Wednesday, the 15th of November, 2023. And on today's show, June Slater will be joining me for our weekly show together. And there is a fair bit to talk about this week. Some of it, sadly, is tiresome, like Suella going and David Cameron coming and the ongoing realisation that we have a puppet government here in the UK. Tiresome, it may be, but this is important stuff. These people are being placed in the highest positions in the country with no mandate from the people whatsoever. How could this be? Why aren't we hearing more calls for an immediate general election? Does the country now accept that we no longer live under a democratic system? Is there any point in voting if this is the system that we've got now? Big questions. In other news, um, I see that the JCVI has recommended that the chickenpox jab should be put on the childhood immunisation schedule for all children in the UK. Now, putting aside the fact that millions now distrust the government after the way it pushed the unsafe and ineffective COVID jabs. Yes, putting that little fact aside, there are some worrying details about this recommendation from the JCVI if the government decides to go ahead with it. And it's not clear yet whether it will. Now, I'm not a medical professional. Um, so what I'm about to say is only my understanding of the details. But that being said, I, along with many other non-medical professionals, got most of the detail right on the COVID jabs over the past couple of years. I called most of it right. Um, and so I don't think me sharing my thinking on this is inappropriate. Plus, um, Dr. Claire Craig has agreed to come on the show on Friday to talk about this and tell me if I'm wrong. Anyway, according to the NHS, the reason that the chickenpox vaccine was not recommended in the past is because it would pose a higher risk to those who chose not to get it. You see, if the prevalence of chickenpox is reduced in the community, then unvaccinated children would be far less likely to catch it and develop immunity while, while being a child. And consequently, if they catch it when they grow into adults, well, then, of course, um, chickenpox is a much more severe disease. So my question is this. Is it right to roll out a vaccination program if it puts at risk the children of parents who prefer to let our God-given immune systems carry the load? 
That is the moral question. But what is the cost benefit to this? Well, I looked at the statistics this morning and between 2015 and 2020, an average of 10.8 children died each year of chickenpox. To put this into context, around 20 children die from drowning every year. So about twice the amount die from drowning. Now, my first question would be um, to ask why these children died of chickenpox. Did they have an immune system deficiency already, meaning that they would likely die from something else? That's my first question, which I don't know the answer to, but I will endeavour to find out. Secondly, what are the health risks from the vaccine itself? We know that all medical interventions have unwanted side effects. So what are these? Do we even know? Um, because we don't carry out long-term studies involving control groups. So how many people would be harmed by these vaccines? Again, I don't know the answer to that question. But like I said, all interventions come with harms. And thirdly, how much will this cost to implement? Well, again, I did some research this morning on prices from the US, and it seems that each dose is around $31, so around £24. So taking this £24 per dose figure, we can calculate the very rough cost this will be if we vaccinate every child. So in the UK, um, in 2021, 695,000 live births were recorded. So if we times this by £24, it comes to £16.7 million based upon 2021 birth figures. Now, the vaccine comes in a course of two jabs, one at 12 months and another at 18 months. So that £16.7 million becomes £33.4 million per year. All back of the envelope calculations, folks, based upon, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes on the Internet. So don't quote me, um, but it shouldn't be too far from the actual cost. Now, of course, this cost doesn't include the administration of everything. And I've got no idea how much that would cost. Although the important bit here is that every additional thing the NHS does is essentially a reallocation of resource from doing something else. So the question on administration is more about what wouldn't go ahead if this does. Doctor's appointments, nurse checkups, blood tests, etc, etc. So when you look at the costs like this in monetary terms, it starts to look a bit ridiculous when you talk about the number of potential lives it might save. It might. And then there is the prospect of parents saying, hang on a second. I don't want my child to have this. Firstly, there doesn't seem to be a problem with the way we've dealt with it in the past. And secondly, I don't trust the government after the past three years when it pushed an ineffective um, and dangerous um, vaccine. So for me, the next question is the most pertinent. And that is, is it right to say to parents, well, if you don't vaccinate your child, they could be at higher risk of severe disease later in life because of the fact that we're going to go ahead and roll this vaccination program out to the whole country. This is a moral question that for me is just as important as the cost and benefits, which is based upon what I know so far. 
Um, so why has this recommendation even been put forward by the JCVI? Good question. Unless, of course, the argument for doing this is nothing about health and everything to do with money for big pharma. 33.4 million a year over 10 years is a third of a billion pounds, which is a princely sum for a drug that is already developed and ready to go and has been used in the US for years. My view is where possible, we should let our immune system do its thing. As over time, it means that natural selection will do its thing and ensure that the population is made up of individuals who have healthy functioning immune systems. Now, this isn't an argument against medicine um, and, you know, and the fact that we should just let people die. No, this is about balancing the costs and benefits and the risks associated with getting this balance right. And in this case, it seems pretty clear to me so far that there is no argument based upon health for this to go ahead. Now, as I said, I'm not a medical professional, um, so I am getting Dr. Claire Craig on the show on Friday from Heart, um, and she's going to talk more about this. If you want to get in touch um, about any of the topics on the show or to suggest a guest, then email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And as always, if you want to join in the live chat, head over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon. My name is James Freeman, and this is The Freeman Report for TNT Radio. Covering the world's news. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, Gemma, guess who I've got on tomorrow? Hey. Hey. Emma Sale. Emma Sale from Killing Kittens. Oh, right. And I'm not familiar <laughs> with... Uh... Oh, right. Okay. Well, she's a she's an entrepreneur. Um, she started um, Killing Kittens, oh, I don't know, a few years back. Um, they had a few problems um, during COVID. Um, but basically, it's like um, high-end sex parties for middle-class people. <laughs> so really? I've got so many questions. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look her up. She, you know, she's been in all the the, the mainstream press um you know she's been doing this for quite a while they do it all of these you know really sort of stately um buildings and whatever you know in, in these mansions um and basically you go there you put your mobile phone in your keys and um well i'm going to ask her what happens next tomorrow i was gonna say you sound remarkably familiar with it as if there's something <laughs> we should know james <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. And slightly but, nervous. No. Let's talk about this. I don't want to talk about the news. I want to talk about this. Anyway, moving on, Gemma. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. I mean, I'm going to um, stick with, with the NHS and it, it's uh, strange uh, procedures and ways of doing things. I mean, it, we talked about the chicken pox vaccines actually on the breakfast show here in the UK with Lembit uh, a few right. hours ago. And uh, the, just just an interesting point, of, I was looking at some of the figures and facts around it. And, you know, the ch chicken pox is not regarded as it, there's never been any complications when you for a child that's had chicken pox not ever um and so mm. there's a lot of parents groups that are really questioning why this has to happen there's never been a, a serious case of you know a complication arising with children from chicken pox and an argument for saying you need to have it to put your to kickstart aspects of your immune system when you're young and put it through its paces like a test run so yeah interesting that one 
Yeah, well, there are there are deaths, um, child deaths from chickenpox. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was child deaths. That's, that's what I searched for anyway. And it was an average of about 10.8 per year across the five years up until 2020. Um, so quite a very, very, well, it's very, very rare, basically, for a child. And I would question, you know, did they have some kind of other problems which meant that the chicken pox kind of just finished them off, whether it was a immune, you know, immune system deficiencies or something like that. But yeah, a very, very small number of children do die. Yeah, and, and as you say, there it's just like the old COVID, isn't it? You know, uh, you know, have you got underlying health conditions, which means that anything like a cold, pneumonia, upper respiratory tract yeah. infection could could you know they, those figures need looking at properly. But um, sticking with the NHS, uh, it's a story that um, has raised a few eyebrows here in the UK today. It's an illustration of just how mad the world has gone in terms of where the focus is if you are in a profession. Um, you know, this kind of rules and regulations and procedure. So there was a Commons Health committee meeting yesterday and this is where this story has come from and a consultant pediatrician was was um talking about the amount of tick box and training exercises that very senior staff and consultants and surgeons and people in the NHS are being forced to do while waiting lists are nearly at eight million and there's a, a story about a cancer cancer crisis here in the UK where they're saying patients will die waiting for treatment now because there's just this huge backlog. Anyway, this consultant pediatrician was saying, look, is this a good and valid use of staff time? You know, having to answer tick box questions like, what would you do if you received a phishing email? Would you open it? Would you forward it to your colleagues? Or would you follow your organization procedure? And then another question, you know, it's important to lock your phone or device when not in use. True or false? And she said things like watching training videos of like what not to do in a crisis. One of them was literally, should you pour petrol on a bonfire? That was one, <laughs> showing somebody pouring petrol on a bonfire. And another one was um, defibrillator defibrillator pads being put on someone's stomach And the, in the video. And the question was, is this the right place for the pads? Well, if you're getting consultants to answer these questions, you would hope that the consultants would know where to put defibrillator pads because otherwise the NHS really is in a mess. But she was saying it's taking up a huge amount of time, a huge yeah. amount of, of focus going here. And it reminded me of my own days in the public sector where you'd go on endless mandatory fire regulations when nothing has changed since the last time you did a fire regulation, You know when you could have been at your desk doing some actual journalism. Um, and I, this is, seems to be where the world is going, where the focus is on procedure and rules and training and not in the very tragic case of the NHS on the people, especially the people waiting for operations. So it, it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic that this use of time and resources in the NHS is literally costing people lives. It certainly is. And when you add up all of these um, sort of corporate pet projects that are just a waste of time, all of them, I mean, like all of the diversity people that have been um, employed to manage the diversity of the, the NHS, um, you know, and all these other middle managers that basically, you know, 10 years ago, you what kind of job is that? Really? That's a real job? Um, there's loads of them in, in the NHS. When you add all this up, it's no wonder that the, the service is struggling. Um, and, you know, this, this whole question about the chickenpox vaccine, putting a lot of the other stuff aside... If you're going to get children in on two occasions, presumably they'll double up with other vaccines. I don't know, but you're going to get them in at 12 months and then 18 months. Um, you know, it's all got to be administered um, by the NHS. Somebody's got to be responsible for buying the shots, projecting how many they think they need this year. 
there's a whole industry around this, right? Um, these are re this is a reallocation of resources which could be used for something else. You've got the nurse who presumably is going to give out these injections, who could be doing blood tests or something else to catch up um, on the, all of the backlogs that we've got and ensure that actually, you know, um, we're addressing some of the needs of the community instead of chickenpox, which um, I, I just don't get it. It's never been a problem. Um, I, I, I think the the fact that we have chickenpox parties shows how resilient and innovative we are as a country you know why would we you know it's just kind of let's just let nature do its course you know let's let our immune systems carry the load instead of getting big pharma to do it for us well you're quite right you know and the solution to everything now is uh is, is stick a needle in somebody um and it, today as well they've announced they want to eradicate cervical cancer by the year 2040 here in the uk and 2035 in australia um and and that's with sticking a needle in someone as, as well you know vaccinating against that and and actually that's all targets set down by the world health organization so that's a, another global agenda to get as many people mm. in, injected again as possible and there, there's, there seems to be no emphasis on diet exercise lifestyle anything for anything anymore it's just needles 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 um and, and with the chicken pox thing i mean you know that's it's babies isn't it 12 to 18 months and they want to combine it with they want to add it onto the mmr so that's going to be controversial as well yeah the whole thing around vaccinations I, i've said it on the show before if i my children um were just being born now then they wouldn't be getting any vaccinations whatsoever because i really do not trust um the medical establishment and this i've obviously i've also gone and done some research looking at the the justification for vaccines in the first place um and um it's not as clear-cut as i just assumed because you brought up with the you know you're educated at school you're every everyone tells you vaccines they're totally safe they're brilliant they've stopped so many diseases no they haven't they haven't and that's not to say they don't do anything and there's no effect but like with all medical interventions you've got to balance you've got to weigh that up and balance it out with um the benefits um and also the risks um that come along with them because there are risks to every medical intervention even um i was surprised to learn when you do surveys so you know if you do um i don't know you're testing for cancer for example or prostate cancer for example that's a good one um and you do lots of blood tests to find out anybody who's high at a risk you're going to get lots of false positives in fact we do get lots of false po positives and these people then go through procedures which are actually really really nasty procedures when they didn't need to in the first place so there is that whenever you have a med medical intervention whether that's actual from drugs vaccines or even like that just from doing blood tests there are always unwanted side effects so we need to factor those in as well yeah well said very well said yeah absolutely fantastic thank you for that Gemma um and to the rest of you don't go anywhere because I'll be welcoming June Slater the queen of common sense she hates me calling that, that by the way so I hope she's not listening um but June will be joining us straight after this short break so don't go anywhere stick with me James Freeman 
on TNT Radio. You should hear what Greg Maybury is talking about. We talk of an impending third world war reaching fever at the pitch. Perhaps it's time for us all to come to terms with some little known history regarding the causes of the first two. Our past is not quite as cut and dried as our history books would have us all believe, which is an understatement of epic dimensions. I know this because I used to teach history. Although I wasn't aware of it at the time, I now know pretty much well everything that I ever taught my students about both wars was uh, a distortion of the truth at best, if not an outright lie, via a mission of inconvenient facts and realities. And the historical record was compiled to distort the truth, thereby keeping it hidden from future generations, and I might add there too from perhaps future history teachers like myself and those to come. The bottom line is that the great powers that be, past and present, do not want the critical masses discovering who the really bad guys were or are, what motivated them to instigate these wars and how they were able to pull it all off without people smelling a rat. This so they could do it all over again when they deemed the occasion demanding it. And it now seems like that occasion has arrived again. The No Fly Zone with Greg Maybury on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. To follow us on Twitter, just follow these easy steps. Click the link on our site. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me, guys. Or search on Twitter. TNT Radio Live. TNT Radio. Right. Well, of course, it is Wednesday, which means the fabulous, and she's looking fabulous today, the fabulous June Slater is with us. So, <laughs> and she's <laughs> she's sticking her fingers over me while I'm saying that. Right, June, I'm going to hand straight over to you for this week's monologue. Okay. We've had it drummed into us to follow the experts, the experts that built the Nightingale hospitals and never used them. And they bought eight billion quids worth of PPE and are renting land till they can incinerate it all. There's that much of it. The experts spent 37 billion on a duff track and trace that nobody wanted. The experts said the wonder drug was 100% safe, then 80%, then 70 then 45, and then they had to admit it hadn't been tested for transmission. The experts also sat care workers in an industry where there's malnutrition in care homes 
and they're already short-staffed. Furlough was an off-the-shelf idea, waiting for the right moment, and believe me, it's never the right moment to shut an economy down. The experts used communist advisors, can you believe it, to show them how to persuade you to swallow bullshit and ask for more. The expert, Professor Ferguson, he's got modelling wrong before and they used him again. The experts in the Tory government also think it's a good idea to follow the advice from the Tony Blair Institute, as did other countries across the world. The experts want you to believe men can have periods, fat people are healthy and cow farts are more detrimental than China's 3,000 coal-fired power stations and rising. The experts get their climate advice from a sour-faced Swedish kid whose school attendance should have their parents on a watch list with social services. She needs to get laid. Every pension person involved in scuppering your life has left the post and moved on completely unaccountable but there's more in the words of jimmy cricket there's more the same experts tell you the who pandemic treaty is nothing to worry about and we can always pull out if we want to tell that to my cousin who ended up with triplets yeah like leaving the eu that's been easier too hasn't it the experts are prepared to hand this country and its tax base over to unaccountable bureaucrats that will decide on every aspect of your life from farming, travel, vehicle ownership, property ownership, care homes, health. This is the end of any form of democracy that we're clinging on to right now. And only one MP has had the courage to fight it. That's Andrew Bridgen from Reform. Sorry, reclaim. I'm always doing that. The rest Dude. are either too dim, lazy, or bent to work it out. Keep tagging them in this post because it's written up on Twitter and put it on their threads. And don't stop drawing attention to this treaty. It's the biggest thing that's happening to the West right now. Over to you, Ponytail Boy. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. First of all, yeah. Do you know what? Um, I um talked about the vaccines. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show, um, because the, this JCVI recommendation that all children are to be given the chickenpox um vaccine. But one of the things I said there is, you know, I I'm no medical professional, so this is just my understanding of it at this stage. Um, I've got Dr. Claire Craig coming on on Friday to um tell me if I've got it wrong. Um, but the thing is, June, it's funny, isn't it? Um, I know you, like me, called most of this right um, said I over like the you. past three years. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Who said I like you? <laughs> no, no, like Sorry. me. Shut oh, up, June. Oh, I see. Shut you like-minded. Um, <laughs> okay. Couldn't resist Yeah, but that, like but... me. Well, you do like me as well, don't you, June? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't sleep with you because you're too young and you probably have too much stamina. I want nothing like that. I don't want to interfere with your marriage. And I certainly don't want to interfere with my folding up capabilities because I I unpack like a deck chair these days when I get ready for bed. So nothing like that. I do like you as a person, though, James. I think you're very sincere and I think you're trying to put the word out for all the right reasons. How about that, I am. I am. And guys, I'm going to just share this with you. Um, I think June and Murray have a bit of a thing between each other because they're forever flirting during the breaks. Anyway, <coughs> with that, we're going to go straight to the news headlines and we'll be back in just a second. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman and June Slater on TNT Radio. Great news. 
The news. We have news. Great news. Great news. Great news. Great news, my friends. Listen. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. There's high drama on Capitol Hill. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy accused of assaulting a fellow Republican in the halls of Congress. Taiwan says it still has a few more years to build up its defences against a potential Chinese invasion. And it's been revealed Israel has raised close to $8 billion in debt since the start of its war with Hamas. We wear the PPE and wade through the muck so you don't have to. Never miss our thought-provoking take on the latest news and current affairs. Take TNT Radio wherever you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Right. Now, as I said before the break there, we are going to talk about the JCVI recommendation and what we think of that, given everything that's happened over the past three years. But before we do that, um, we're going to talk about UK politics. And yes, I know it is tiresome. Should we even vote? Um, But this is important stuff because these people are running the country. So I've got a clip to play um, of our great Prime Minister, Rishi Sunat. So, Studio, if you could play clip one, please. Right, okay. Yes, sir. Morning, Prime Minister. Um, My question's broken down into two parts, really. Right. Um, Why should we vote Conservative? (laughs) And more importantly, with the mess left by your predecessor, why should we vote for you? (laughs) Look, right, it's a good one to end on before we go on to the media. Right. So, yeah, I think the first thing I'd say is we've all collectively got to look to the future, right? I could spend a lot of my time talking about the past and what happened and, you know, whatever I inherited and all the rest of it, which I've touched on, right? But that doesn't help any of you, right? Like, what we need to figure out is, like, what's the right thing for our country going forward? And that's what I'm looking forward to. And like, this, my simple answer to your question is, is that, right? Uh, I, I know all of you want to see change, right? change in the direction of our country, right? A feeling that things need to work better, that your kids' future will be better, right? I want to see that too. I am hungry to deliver that change for you. But I've got to tell you, right, that, that change is just not a function of which party is in power. That change is a function of the leadership that that person offers. Are they willing to do things differently? Are they willing to change how politics is done? And that's what I'm about, right? So the reason to vote for me, the reason to support me is because I'm going to deliver that change for you, because I'm going to do things differently. Um, yeah, June, um, everyone can hear you. <laughs> Sorry. But, <laughs> no, that's all right. Sorry. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yes. I, I agree with you 100%. Let's break it. James. Yeah, so that's Rishi Sunak, um, or Fishy Sunak, as whatever you want to call him. He is our great prime minister who nobody voted for. Um, let's break down what he said there for a second, because he said, I could spend well, a lot of time. He didn't say anything. <laughs> Don't break it down. He didn't say anything. It's hot air. It's called waffle. It's <clears throat> what really, 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 really the poor end of salesmen do in a meeting when they've got the job as a sales trainer because they can't sell the frigging product. So they put them as a trainer to train other people. And then what they do, they waffle and stand there. We all want change. We all want to see our lives better. Oh, Jesus Christ, Rissi. 
democracy, it doesn't take a bloody clairvoyant to work that out, that everybody in the country wants their life to be better. Rishi, you're useless. Stand down. Go and buy a suit that fits you. Go and spend some of your multi-millions from you and your wife and your stepdad, your grandfather, and everybody else that's loaded around you. Take your money and bugger off. Go. You're going to go anyway. We're just a notch on your rifle. We're not interested in you running the country. You're not running the country. Jeremy Hunt's running the country. And now Flabber Boy's back, Cameron. And he can waffle. He's better than an Everest double glazing salesman, that boy. This is doomed time. We're doomed. You're not Tories. If you want to vote, vote for the Labourtives. That's what I'm calling them now, the Labourtives, because they're both the same. Um, Rishi Sunak... Yeah. Cameron, don't offer anything different to, um, what's he called? I can't even remember his name. Is that wet? The bloke that Keith. runs Labour. Keith <coughs> no, Starmer. No, no, no. <laughs> Keith. Keith yeah. Starmer. <coughs> Keith. Uh, Come on. Keith, Keith Starmer. Keith. 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 <laughs> I'm not being funny to the Keiths out there, but is Keith the name of a leader? Spartacus. No, that's a leader. Johnny Wilkinson, named after a condom <laughs> and an excellent raider. Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah. Keith. Who's the, who's the Prime Minister? Keith, it's our Keith. Our Keith's running Great Britain now. Oh, he's making a right good job of it. He's a lawyer and everything. He understands everything. And honest to God, we have three buses a week now to take us into town to get our ration books. And we have the electric on on Thursdays. We absolutely love it. Real Britannia. That's where we're heading with those comedians. And all we're heading with um, the Conservatives is the same destination. Just a little bit slower and probably a nicer accent as well. You got to remember this, right, with that Cameron's June. Father in go on, go on. What? June, I'm you, off on you, a roll you, you've, you, yeah, I know you <clears> totally <throat> ruined my breakdown there. So I'm just going to bin it. Good. I'm going to bin it, Vinic, and we're going to play the next no clip. Breakdown. So I'm, I'm looking at Mary. Oh, Murray's panicking a bit. <laughs> clip two, please, Murray. And okay, we're just loading that clip up now. Any seconds now. Shouldn't make your listeners listen to him. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about me and... Today, I want to talk about... Can we give it some volume there, Murray? Today, I want to talk about me and talk. I get and kick out of getting my dick out. So let no one doubt it's going in a pig's mouth. As I said, I'm going to get me some head from a pig who's dead. This is big. I'm going to stick my dick in a pig. Getting piggy with it. Getting piggy with it. Getting piggy with it. Getting piggy with it. Of course, we're talking about David Cameron coming back here. What an absolute joke this is, June. Um, obviously, that clip there was referring to him and his little piggy episode um, where I think it was about an initiation for the Bullingdon Club where he got his tadger out and had to um, put it in a pig's mouth um, as part of his initiation. In fact, actually, musingly, um, Black Mirror did a whole episode which was kind of inspired by that it was called the national anthem where the prime minister was <coughs> blackmailed and had to have had to have sex with a pig live on air june what well, do you think about david cameron coming back i think david cameron's a tosser 
He was a tosser when he was in power. He only got in power. What David Cameron should do is stand on that podium and say, good morning, Great Britain. May I just thank Nigel Farage for insisting on a referendum which gave me the keys to number 10. Oh, I think we might have just lost For a third June of few years because I couldn't get me along with me who basically has now gone to Facebook to scupper that. So he's no good. He didn't win the election. Nigel Farage won it by proxy and gave it to the Tories. And then he buggered it up, his big society. Do you remember the clown cycling to work with bicycle clips on his suit? Cycling to work, the big society. I'm going to work on my bicycle because I'm part of the big society. We're all going to live equally. That's called communism. And behind him was his Jaguar with his briefcase in and all his paperwork and his staff. I mean, you couldn't make it up what these people are like. They have absolutely no moral compass. They're out for themselves. They've had to give him, he's, he's now a baron, Jesus Christ. He's now a baron so they can have the excuse of bringing him back into government. What does that tell you about the rest of the people in Westminster that are in the Tory party? Your boss has just told you you're crap. Do you realise that? They brought Cameron back because you're too crap to do the job. And you're all pretty crap, apart from Suella, maybe pretty Patel, and one or two others. Start using your voice before people like me, bloggers like me, we haven't even opened fire yet. We haven't even used our weapons. We've been waiting to see if you'll use yours. Until you acknowledge vaccine harms, until you acknowledge the obscene amount of money that's been made, until you acknowledge that Tory backers have been well shod throughout this crisis, until you start coming clean and leave the party and start something else we people out here with hundreds of thousands of followers right across the board will start having a go at you we don't need you we don't want you you're the laborative's you are no different to labor just a bit slower the other the other thing that's curious with all of this june is that nobody has mentioned this whole scandal um, I forget when it was was it two three four years ago with David Cameron lobbying ministers um for a company that he was working for um do you remember that that was quite recent wasn't it <clears throat> i can't remember when it was i remember it happening look this is a man who during vote leave because i dealt with the people upcoming young tories that had a future as possible candidates to be uh, MPs were told in no uncertain terms that their careers would be put on a back burner if they went to work for vote leave, if they worked, if they volunteered for vote leave, because one of them did and he was put on a back burner. And this is how they play politics. The man spent £10 million of taxpayers' money on a Remain leaflet. How dare he? It's got nothing to do with government. That's got to do with opinion. And the whole point of the referendum was to get ours, and they didn't like the opinion. So now they're trying to take our rights off us through the back door with the the WHO, the World Health Organization, which has far more deep-reaching implications than any Brexit deal. We, we are... We yeah. are goosed with this. Your kids, James, your kids are going to be brought up under communism if that goes through. And we've got idiots in in at Westminster, and we're allowed to call them idiots because they bloody well are. There is, there's 650 of them, 649, take away Andrew Bridgen. Estimate there, she's not so bad. She might bring some common sense back. Pretty Patel knows what's going on. Suella Braveman knows what's going on. There's several others know exactly what's going on, and they're not speaking out. This WHO pandemic treaty, the best selling pitch they've got, the best thing they've got to tell you that it's a good thing is to tell you how easy it is to get out of it. Now, the people that usually use that phrase are selling dodgy finance, double glazing, yeah, and other yeah. crap. 
The other thing to say here as well, but just going back to the referendum, I think Australia are learning this lesson now because I was actually listening to a program on TNT. I forget whose program it was. Maybe it was Patrick Henningson's. Um, but apparently now that the voice has been voted down, there are, and Murray might be able to nod or um, or tell me whether this is right or not, but apparently there's certain areas or states, I don't know what they're called, territories of Australia, which are now going to put it through anyway. Um, some of the some of the um, things to do with the voice um, when Australia rejected it. I don't think Murray Murray's knows. looking I'm, I'm not... like Murray doesn't know, but but you know the point is they ask us a question, they expect a certain outcome, we vote against that, and they put it through anyway. Um, and I think the well, thing with this um, who pandemic is they're not even going to ask us, are they? Well, the the thing you've got to look at is why people like Sean Flanagan. Um, and the Perseus Project and people like Neil Oliver and me, Lawrence Fox and other people are trying to persuade people to look into direct democracy, similar to what Switzerland uses. Switzerland is an extremely well-run country. And guess what? All the dodgy characters have their headquarters there, don't they? Why? Because it's well-run. It's safe. Now, take the banking element out of it and take the bits you don't like. The basic democracy for that country is a good model to base ours on which is more direct so big stuff they do referendum referendums do not need to be expensive and costly referendums can be used for things like the who pandemic treaty and they follow the will of the people if their people vote against it they don't do it wow that's not always the case case june i was actually given a briefing by ministers um, um, from Switzerland when I was an MEP they came out to Strasbourg to meet us because we were all talking about at the time that Switzerland um, I forget which aspect of its relationship with the EU but they didn't the people didn't like it they voted against it but actually um, Switzerland um, didn't have any choice because the, 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 the EU essentially just blackmailed them and said well if you do that then we'll do this so it's not totally clear cut, but I, I do agree with you that more referendum, I think, would be a good thing, if only just to give the government a bloody nose um, from time to time, because all of these polls that we see, whether they're YouGov polls or whatever else, I just feel they're part of the, the toolkit of government well, to tell us you how we polls. should think. They're not surveys. Uh, if there were yeah. surveys, real surveys, they'd have got more things right. I get more things right than YouGov. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing my own trumpet now. Coming up to the 2019 election, I told everybody who follows me on Facebook that Labour were tanking support. The tanking support, now is the time to swap allegiance and vote for the Brexit Party candidates. Forget Tories, they'll get enough anyway. You need some Brexit Party candidates on, on those back benches to break up what could be a dangerous majority because I don't trust the Tories. And I was right, but... The polls that everybody used, that the media used, they got it wrong. Mm. And they got it wrong on yeah. purpose. So everything you're asked, you're filtered. Because I have three email accounts and they're all signed up to YouGov polls. But on one of them, I pretend to be a Remainer because it always asks you that when you sign up to do them. So one of my accounts, Priscilla, she's a lovely lass. Um, she's a Remainer. She gets completely different questions to what I get. Do you understand? So yeah. they're filtered. It, it's to steer you into a narrative so then they can put it forward to the public to make you think, if you think like me, for instance, oh, I must have got it wrong. Everybody wants this. But that's not strictly true. What they need to do, if you, if you want, uh, the easiest thing you can do to do a survey, I put a question on my Facebook page and I get 500 messages about it. 
I get a bigger response than bloody YouGov at times on big issues. And I look at what they've said. And they're real people that are interested in what's going on. Unfortunately, YouGov is done. It's there for the Tory party, I think. I think it's just there to Yeah, well, back it was actually started off by... The, the, the um, best thing we can do, the best thing we can do in this country, the most effective thing we can insist on is that the party whip is removed on big votes. Remove the... Things like lockdown, that should never have been a whipped vote. Never, ever. People should have been allowed to do what they wanted. David Davis didn't want a lockdown. Steve Baker didn't, although he's gone weird now. Um, there's a lot of MPs there that did not want to lock down. And you've got to look at what's going on. Both parties, it's the uni party. It's it's yeah. libertive. That's the best way I can call it. It's, <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing. You're exactly right. I mean, our, our system of democracy doesn't work how it's supposed to because you're supposed to vote for a local person, um, the best local person. And if they happen to be a certain party, then so be it. But instead of that, we've got a, I think the way the mindset that people use when voting is it's very much a presidential system where people vote for the party they want. And it's all the wrong way around. Um, we should be putting good people in who represent us um, and who work for us first, not the party. You're absolutely right. June. Right, we're going to take a quick break now. And when we come back, June, I want to talk all about chicken pox. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman, and June Slater on TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, another big climate meeting is coming up. This one is what? COP28. And apparently its report is a real doozy. I can only imagine. But here's the crazy question. If it's COP28, is the planet in better shape as far as oh, growing food economically overall than it was 28 years ago or whenever the first one was? So what is all the panic about? Here in the United States, the Weather Channel, I don't know why they're calling themselves the Weather Channel anymore, just call yourself the Global Warming Channel, is explaining that things are really getting out of control here in the United States. So naturally, I put on the map of where all the weather stations are around the world, and they're currently 0.16 Fahrenheit above normal. The United States has had no significant heating in the last 25 years, and yet we hear that we are warming up 60% faster than everyone else. Now, where the heck does that come from, given the bulk of the warm is up in the yard but this is the kind of stuff you're getting and the problem is that the population is simply being bombarded with it in a consistent fashion and there's very low resistance so what's the moral of the story well i've always told you i have deep spiritual roots and a deep belief in god and every night i thank god for tnt and him letting me be the climate and weather watchdog this is meteorologist Joe Bastardi, TNT's Climate and Weather Watchdog, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you get. Hi, I'm Abel. I often forget to mention that he's an amputee because Abel will try any activity he can. My arm helps me with basically everything. He doesn't see what he can't do. He sees what he can do. Yeah, okay. this is helping. The War Amps has just given him the ability to do all the activities every kid can do. When you donate to the War Amps, you help kids like me. Thank you! You're with James Freeman and the Freeman Report on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Right now, June, I'm not quite sure if you listened to the introduction, so I'll give you a quick summary to this whole thing. So the JCVI have recommended that um, uh, the chickenpox vaccine is put on the childhood schedule. So all children in the UK would be recommended they have the chickenpox vaccine. Now, um, there is a little moral um, issue with this, June, and that is that the reason the NHS say that they've never um, put the vaccine on the childhood schedule is because if you choose not to get vaccinated, then that puts you at much, much higher risk of severe disease when you're an adult. Because the way it works is if there's less chickenpox in the community, you're less likely to catch it as a child and develop immunity, which means then if you get it as an adult, you'll be much more at risk. That That is what the NHS said, the reason why it's not rolled this out so so there's so basically what the government are going to be saying if they roll this out is they're going to be saying to parents is if you don't get your child vaccinated, they could suffer a severe disease in later life. So there's that moral question. Then we move on to the cost benefit. Um, I worked out based upon some research I did this morning that um, based upon prices that I gathered from the US where they roll out this vaccine, that it will cost around £33 million a year for the NHS. And that's putting aside all the administration. Um, it comes in two doses. So children have to go to a doctor's surgery twice. You know, that's time for the, the surgery, the nurses. Somebody's got to order all these vaccines. Someone's got to forecast how many they need. There's a whole industry um, around this. Um, and when you look at the number of children who actually die um, from chickenpox, um, I looked between 2015 and 2020, and it's an average per year of around 10.8 um, a year die. So £33 million. There's the moral question of um, what you're saying is you have to vaccinate your kids, otherwise they'll be more at risk than they are now. <clears throat> what do you make of all this, Jim? Well, I think the way I would judge it, is don't look at the need to vaccinate. What you should look at is a vaccination essentially is a prevention. So they're preventing you from getting sick. What we really should be concentrating on is why they're not creating facilities for when we are sick. Because what's happening is uh, there's four, four hospitals taking kids' beds away right now. I'm not able to disclose which ones they are, but the two in the, one in Yorkshire for sure. I'm not telling you where the others are because it will come out anyway. So my question is this, if you care so much about our health that you're prepared to invest 33 million quid a year to vaccinate us against a potential disease that is not what you would call life-threatening or dangerous, it's something that we cope with, why are you taking beds off us? Why are you depleting the NHS when the population is growing, even if you only count the people who come across in the boats every day? We're having five, 600 people a day. We've got 50, or is it 51 million pounds a day to keep them in hotels? Foreign people coming in. We've got all these yeah, people the coming billions. in that need doctors. Yeah. Billions. It's in the billions um, per year. Yeah. It's in the billions. So, what, why, if you're so concerned about our health, are you taking us down a route that just so happens to make billions of pounds profit for a drug company? Why not put it into beds so that if somebody does get chicken pox and they need to be hospitalized, because I would imagine that's the first stage of being seriously ill you go to hospital put some more beds build some more hospitals 
get some more doctors. That's where you can tell if they're lying to you. You don't need to be an expert. You certainly do not need to be an epidemiologist and you do not need to be a doctor. What you need to do is reason it out. Why? Ask why. Why are they doing this? Why take us down the route where it's going to cost the NHS billions of pounds over a 10-year period to prevent a non-threatening disease? When taking beds away, you're ill, you're in hospital, there's two beds less in a ward. That's dangerous. So why do that? Yep. People, a relative, was left sat in soiled in soiled pyjamas overnight in the waiting room and they had to share a, a stand for a drip with another woman till they got a bed. Now, this woman was really poorly. That's disgusting. And you're bothered about vaccinating us. Wash your mouth out, giving profit to massive companies. Get some proper healthcare organised. Clean your hospitals up. They're disgusting. Get some nurses that speak bloody English. Look after us when we are ill. Stop trying to create basically an income for people, for big companies, out on the back of trying to prevent us getting sick. It's absolute bollocks. It's got nothing to do with healthcare. It's got everything to do with profit. Lobby your MPs to tell them to get the NHS sorted out. Because at the end of the day, this is a decrepit service. It's not fit for purpose. I'd hate to live somewhere with a huge population. It terrifies me, the thought of needing a hospital. Yeah, and it, it is it is not a small amount of money. Over 30 years, it will be £1 billion. And, of course, this these, these vaccines are already developed. They're already in use in the US. So... There's no development costs. So this is a huge amount of money that um, the JCVI are recommending that we hand over to Big Pharma. Now, the thing for me, though, June, is the, more, the bigger the bigger question is this moral thing, um, because essentially what the government are going to be saying is if you don't vaccinate your child because we are vaccinating everyone else, that puts your child more at risk in later life. That can't be right. It sounds like a threat, doesn't it? It's called bullying, and I can't believe anybody's even going to go for it after the last three years, the way they've made us live. They've bullied us into changing our life. They've bu- One of David's friends at the golf club came out. He saw him in a supermarket. He had a face mask on they must have had in his pocket 12 months with a dirty yellow stain in the middle. And people are thinking that, oh, that's better than breathing fresh air. You've, you've actually you've warped a lot of people's minds. You've terrified the elderly. That's not health care. That's just bullying, and that's what they're doing with the, the vaccine. I don't think a lot of people will take them up on it. I come from the generation, I'm 66 shortly, um, I come from the generation of people that caught the childhood diseases. I've had measles, chicken pops, monks, I've had everything. Um, and you get over it. You had a week off school, and in those days, your mother brought the bed downstairs so you could sleep in a room with the fire on because we were in a cold, terraced house. It was half a bloody treat, to be honest. Um, better than sleeping in my cold bedroom, I milked it as much as I could. So, obviously, I'm sat here. I'm one of the few people that's probably not on any medication at my age. So it hasn't done me any harm to not be vaccinated. I, it wouldn't be something I would I would do if I had children of that age. I wouldn't want them vaccinated. I want their immune system to grow. How on earth is your immune system supposed to mature if it doesn't tackle its own diseases? Yeah, exactly. And that's my thing. You know, if you if you zoom right out of this and look at us as a population, 
we should be allowing for these very very rare things for um um for natural selection to do its job and for i'm not suggesting we just let people die but you know we shouldn't be bringing in new drugs for everything to try and um save everyone and the other thing is for me they're not trying to these, save everyone it, though they're trying to make money they're trying to make oh money. no no i know i know but i'm i'm trying to put my shoes in the jcvi and why they've recommended it or their argument you want to put your shoes it. up the back side not in their shoes <laughs> stick them up the back side they're bloody useless Right, brilliant advice. Um, um, sadly, June, we have run out of time. So with that, um, put it up their backside, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Right, um, <laughs> with that, don't go anywhere. Stick with us on TNT Radio. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>